You're listening to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast, episode number four. Hello, thanks again for tuning in to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast. Hope your day is going good. My name is Jerry Bolfin. I'm a water treatment contractor, WQA certified master water specialist here in Northern California. And in this podcast series, I give actionable tips and information all about well water, well water treatment systems, and how to improve the quality of your well water. In today's podcast, we'll cover how to do a physical inspection of your home well water system. This is a great way to identify and find out clues about what's going on with your well water quality. There's some very simple things you can do that's very enlightening. Um, we'll talk about how to do a physical inspection of your pipes and fixtures, how to do a toilet tank check, very interesting, and all about your water heater, how to inspect your water heater, what to look for in your dishwasher. And I've made a resource guide to go along with this. I'm trying to make a resource guide for every podcast. I think it might be more interesting. So people come and listen to it. They have something they can physically look at and also gives you a guide that you can keep. Uh, this one I'm offering for free. All you have to do is text the word water check, all one word, water check to 44222. You can also go to the Clean Water Store website, cleanwaterstore.com slash podcast. And this is episode four, so just look for episode four and you'll you'll find the uh, resource guide in there all about how to do physical inspection of your system. So what all, what is this about physically inspecting the, when you, to do a physical inspection of your pipe and fixtures could be as simple as getting a five gallon bucket and opening up a hose bib outside and physically seeing what the water looks like. That if you're on well water and you're trying to figure out what's going on, that's the first place I'd, I'd start. Get a white, clean five gallon bucket and fill it up with water. It should be crystal clear. If it's clear, but if you know you have iron stainings and it turns to rust later, that tells you something right there. That's coming out of the ground clear, but it's turning to rust as it gets exposed to the air. You can also tell check odors this way. Fill it up a nice uh, clean bucket and see if there's should, should have no odor to it, obviously. And if you have to inspect your pipes because you're getting pipe corrosion, then it's you can take apart a section of the pipe and we've certainly done that and doing assays of uh trying to determine where corrosion is happening in plumbing you you have to cut out a section of the pipe and then of course you have to reinstall a section so that could be tricky and involve plumbing but um you can also just do a physical inspection of the outside of the pipes your pipes shouldn't have green corrosion byproducts on the outside there obviously should be no leaks that kind of thing that's important thing to do look around and just see what does it look like what are there how do the valves look are they old are they corroded looking the next place to look and we have a little chart and a guide in the guide that, that goes over this is the top 10 water problems that you can find in your toilet flush tank believe it or not your flush the flush tank the, the box behind the toilet that you can lift up the lid that that will tell you a tremendous amount about what's going on in your water. If you look in and it's clean and white, 
unless this is a new toilet. This indicates your water probably doesn't have iron, rust, or sediment in it. If it's clean and white and there's no sediment at the bottom, unless it's brand new, then this is a good sign. That's how it should be. There shouldn't be any sediment or, or discoloration. You might still have hard water, which is you know calcium carbonate minerals, but generally a clean white flush tank is good. And that's what you want to see. Now you might look in and see it be clean with deposits at the bottom of the tank. Maybe there's sand or grit or sediment. This means that the water coming in, which remember that's your cold water, so it's it's kind of cool because your your toilet flush tank is almost like a mini saddling tank for your water. That means your if you have clean water and the sides of the tank are clean, but you have sediment at the bottom, that means there's some kind of sediment in your water that's either coming from the pipes or it's in the well water. But you've got something. You could have, could be galvanized. If you had some old galvanized, you know, iron pipe, it could be flaking off. Uh, but generally you shouldn't see a deposit of sediment at the bottom of there. Now, what's really common if you look in there and see rust or dark colored water, irony looking, rusty water, then you know you've got an iron problem. Of course, you probably know that anyway, but it kind of it's still good to look in the toilet tank because it can show what's what what you're dealing with. If it's real, if it's just very lightly stained with a little bit of rust at the bottom, but it's pretty clean looking water, then you just have a slight problem. If you have um, frothy looking um, water with, with, with slime growing out from the sides, like hairy looking deposits growing out from the sides of the toilet tank, then that's a sign you have iron bacteria. That's it. So that, and that's one of the, without actually doing a test for iron bacteria, that's a very good way to get a clue whether you, your water has iron and iron bacteria by looking in the toilet flush tank. That's one way. If you have, um, black water. So you look in there and it's black, which is very common. You see that a lot. If you have black water, then that means that you either your water is high in manganese or it's ferric sulfide, what they call black rust. Also, if you have a, a lot of times you see the black flush tanks when there's a rotten egg odor it goes along with it too. So the the other things you might see are brown stains. That could be iron and or manganese. Blue stains. Blue stains mean that's not good. That means that you have your water, if the toilet tank is white but it has a blue stain on it, then that means you have copper corrosion. You have copper pipes and the the, um, the your pipes are corroding and that's why you're seeing those blue stains. So that gives you, you have corrosion going on. The there's there's a totally list of ten different breakdowns, but we've covered the, the the majority of them. You basically have your white, clean, and then you have white and clean with rust in the bottom. You got the blue stains, you got rust stains, furry stringy red growths. That's iron bacteria. Furry stringy gray or black growths. That's sulfur bacteria. Uh, Frothy looking with bubbles goes along with iron bacteria, brown stains, iron and manganese, black stains, usually manganese, can be ferric sulfide. And the last one, which is kind of a very strange one, is pink. If you have pink stains in your toilet tank or you have pink stains in your toilet itself, then <clears throat> that is not from the water. That 
means that's from airborne bacteria. It's not a health threat, but it's annoying. But you can clean that with bleach. You can put a couple bleach pellets into the toilet tank, or you can spray some Clorox in there. Uh, but essentially, the pink stains is not water-related. Although if you had a chlorine residual in your water, you wouldn't see it. But that's not really a water quality issue. Pink is from water, from the air, I mean. It's in the water from the air. Okay, the next step is to work to look at the water heater. The water, we talked about this a little bit, but the water heater is a great place. It's also another settling tank, similar to your flush tank. And what you can do there is, it's a really good idea to drain, your, to drain the, the water heater into a five gallon bucket and just take a look physically. Uh, it's, it's funny because a lot of the water heater manuals, they'll tell you, oh, be sure to drain and flush your, your water heater once a month. Well, there's probably isn't a water heater in 10,000 that have been flushed in a year, let alone a month. So, but it is a good idea to do that. <clears throat> and so, not, not sure about every month, but once after a while, it's a good idea to flush your water heater because it does clean out the bottom, especially if you have a gas water heater. That's, you have flames at the bottom heating up from the bottom up. And if you get a layer of sediment or, or mineral over that, then it has to work a lot harder. So sometimes you can get that out of there by flushing it out. But for, for our purposes here, what we're trying to do is we're trying to see what does the water look like? What's coming out of the water here? If you open up that bottom hose bib on there, you, you don't even have to shut the water off. Just open it up and flush it into a five-gallon bucket using a garden hose. Just take a look at what it looks like. Are you seeing grit, sand, um, sediment? What color is it? That All that will give, tell you a lot of what's happening with the water. Now, one sort of warning is that you see, you're basically you're you're hooking up a garden hose to the bottom hose bib, or bottom <clears throat> faucet on the water heater, right? The thing is, is that you want to be sure if you do do that, if you go ahead and plan on doing your water heater flush, which I recommend, is easy to do. You want to make sure you have a hose bib cap. You can get that for a dollar at the hardware store, but the the idea is that what's going to happen is once you close that hose bib when you're done, it might leak. A lot of times, because people don't use them that often, so it doesn't get exercise and it can get grit in there. So it's no big deal to, put, to just screw a little cap on there and then hardly even need any tools, but just you know screw it on there. And then if it does leak, you're, you're set. You've got something. You don't have to leave it leaking. You don't have to change the hose bib or whatever. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good thing to do, the water heater. The next is look in the dishwasher. Of course, we all look in the dishwasher every day. We're loading the dishes. But the thing is that when you look in there, what do you see? Is it clean and white? Or do you see tea-colored stains or light brown stains, which are very common? That's from manganese. Or is, is there white deposits covering it? Or do you get a lot of grit or sediment at the bottom of it? These are all signs that give you a clue of what's happening with your water. Another thing to do is the kitchen faucet aerator. Check that. That's very quick to do. Usually it doesn't require any tools, but you un unscrew the aerator at the end of the faucet and look inside there. It's amazing. If you look in there and you see like sand, grit, uh, hardness buildup, if it's partially uh, blocked by scale, then you know that's your water. That's your cold and hot, that's cold and hot water coming through your 
your kitchen faucet. And you can actually put that into a, like a container of um, vinegar or put it into like, say, a cup of white vinegar and dissolve it and clean it and reinstall it. So it'll help your flow of your faucet. But um, it's a good idea. This, this, all this, these different tests, you do very quickly. And it gives you really good clues of what's happening with, with the water. The next thing to do is just look at your water system. Look at your water, look at your pressure tank. Look at your pressure switch. Uh, physically look at the top of the wellhead. Are there any cracks in the well? Is it, is it sealed? Is it tight? In other words, you don't want any, see any loose fittings, loose wires, uh, cracks, anything where a critter can get in there, a bug or insect could fall in there. Um, you want to, ideally you want to remove your pressure switch cover and look inside. Of course, warning, that's high voltage. You can get electrocuted, so you have to be careful. It's either 110 or 220 volt, most likely 220 volt. So you could shut the power off to it first before you do it. But basically you just unscrew that little, little nut on there and pull the cap off, look inside. It should look clean, shouldn't be charred, burned looking. Uh, shouldn't be full of insects or ants or other insects, which can happen if, if your well is outside or in a shed where it gets exposed to insects. Um, and just look at it. You, you may not be able to replace it yourself. You might have to get help from a professional to replace it, but at least you know, hey, this is a time bomb. This thing looks charred. It looks, looks burnt looking. It looks worn out and old. And the pressure switch is very easy to spot. It's just this small black, uh, I mean, small gray uh, box attached to your pipe right near the pressure tank. And it has a little, the little cover is gray. You just pull it right off and look inside there. But you don't want to do it if the voltage is turned on to it, obviously. The other thing to check is your pressure tank. What kind of shape is in it? Is it leaking? It should never be leaking, obviously. And the other thing is that if your, if your, if your pressure switch cuts in at, say, 40 PSI, and off at 60, which is common, 40, 60, or it could be 30, 50, whatever it is, whatever the cut-in is, then what you want to do is shut the power off to your well, drain the water out of your pressure tank, just open up a hose bib until there's no pressure in the pipe, and then get a, a bicycle pressure gauge or a tire pressure gauge and check the air pressure on the tank. The pressure tanks have a captive air bladder or a diaphragm inside there that holds the air. And your the pressure of that, when it's when it's not under pressure by the water, the pressure should be two psi less than the cut in. So if your if your well turned pump turns on a forty, then when the pressure tank is has the water pressure turned off to it, that should be thirty eight. If you're in a really hot desert or something where the pressure tank is out in the sun baking, then maybe you want to put it five psi less than the cut in. But for most folks, it's Two psi that works great, less than the cut-in. That way, because a lot of times the pressure tanks can lose their air over time. It doesn't hurt to check it. Of course, if if you go to check the pressure on the little valve on your pressure tank and water comes out, then the pressure tank is ruined and you need to replace it. Generally, you can't service those uh, diaphragms or bladders very easily. Most of them you can't service at all, but some are really hard to get get it, get out. But anyway, you either have to replace the bladder or you have to replace the tank. Mostly at that point, it's pretty old probably, and you just replace the tank. 
All right, I hope that's been helpful to you. That gives you a good idea of what to check for in a physical. And again, if you want the guide that, that has a list of all these different checklists and the toilet tank, pictures of toilet tanks and the check, just go to text to 44222, the word water check. You can also go to our site, cleanwaterstore.com slash podcast and look for episode four and you'll download it there. Hey, in next week's episode, we're going to talk about all about iron and manganese treatment. And very interesting. Most of our customers do have this problem. Not all, but a good percentage do. And so this should be very interesting for most folks. Uh, iron and manganese are very common. And this kind of goes over a basic, uh, all about everything you want to know about iron and manganese treatment. So hope you're having a good day. And we'll talk to you soon.